Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Tony Katz, so great to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY is the number, 833-468-8669. I wanted to do an update on what happened at the Pentagon. Of course, uh, there was uh, Senator Ted Cruz's letter sent to his office, uh, one of his field offices, a white powder inside. And then not one, but two different packages to the the Pentagon that got sent uh, with, well, ricin. We're talking about a poison uh, kind of consistency of table salt. It could kill a, a person. One addressed to President Donald Trump. One addressed uh, to uh, the Defense Secretary James Mattis or Admiral John Richardson, who is the uh, top Navy officer. It had a return address label on it. I. This is somebody who wanted to be found, Ari. This is not just, you know, and it, this is somebody who... Wanted to be known, they believe it's a former Navy sailor who sent uh, the these packages. They were flagged uh, in a mail delivery building um, next door to the Pentagon. So they never actually made it into uh, the Pentagon themselves. Um, it is unknown yet who this person is. It is unknown what the reason and rationale is for this. But it's... It, Listen, we're going to talk Kavanaugh, and we're going to talk uh, Dr. Ford, and we're going to discuss some of these these harsh realities uh, of of what's going on. And I got to tell you, I'm I'm insulted by the people who think that I have been on the warpath or on the attack of of Dr. Ford. This is untrue. I have been I have gone out of my way because I believe she believes she was she was attacked. But I do believe in evidence, and it's not wrong to believe in evidence. What the blue bubbles want you to believe is that evidence is bad and for suckers, right? But while this is happening, the, this case, we can't forget that there's a there's a world out there, and things are happening, and some of it is absolutely, positively horrific. Horrific. You know what we should play? Do we have any of the... Uh, of the Graham, uh, Lindsey Graham audio where he says if Kavanaugh isn't confirmed, we go and win in November and then uh, and then we'll, re- we'll, we'll do it again. Win in November, beat the Democrats, and then in January, let's vote to reconfirm him. Let's do it again. Put him up again as a nominee. I mean, he's been unbelievable. I mean, here he is. This is, this is um, the, uh, Lindsey Graham talking about the president last night when he spoke... Uh, at uh, there at the, at the rally, and he was talking about Ford. The president is listening to uh, to you right now. And what, he could be because well, he watches a lot of television. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, if he's listening right now, what would you say to him about his performance last night, in which he openly uh, disparaged a yeah. person who is yeah. alleging that she was a victim of yeah. sexual assault I, by I, a Supreme Court nominee? I said, hey, I can figure this out. Everything he said was factual. He's frustrated his nominee has been. Treated so Factual badly. Factual is a personal degrading attack on yeah. someone who's well, a you know, private citizen. You know, here's what's personally degrading. Uh, this is what you get when you go through a trailer park with a $100 bill. Uh, you See, this is not the first time this has happened. That's actually a reference to something somebody said. And James Carville. See, most of y'all are too young to remember this. Uh, the bottom line is I know what can happen to a woman who comes forward in a political environment. Dr. Ford, I thought, was treated respectfully by Miss Mitchell. 
I'm glad she did it. She was boring. Boring's okay. So <clears throat> I've been a prosecutor most of my uh, defense attorney and judge before I got in this business. For every woman that comes forward, God knows how many never say a word and take it to their grave. Sometimes people are accused of something they didn't do. So President Trump went through a factual rendition that I didn't particularly like, and I would tell him, knock it off. You're not helping. But it can be worse. You can actually kill somebody's cat and puncture their tires to get them to shut up. So, uh, you know, what he said. I don't even understand what that means. Well, you don't remember <laughs> Kathleen Willey and Juanita Broderick, so you don't. I do. Well, I, I don't remember the thing about the cat, but what, yeah. what's the, po well, what's the, what's the point? Well, the, po the point is that Donald Trump could have said something even worse, so we no, should be the, thankful. No, the point is that we've come a long way. We've okay. come a long way all right. since 1990. All right, all right, all right. It's fine. It's no, fine. No, wait all a minute. Right. Whether you like it or not, I really don't care. Here's the point. I have seen what happened to these women. In 1998, it came forward. I don't like what the president said last night. I'm the first person to say, I want to hear from Dr. Ford. I thought she was handled respectfully. I thought Kavanaugh was treated like crap. Yeah, well, boo yourself. Here's what I, I... I'm sorry. I had to get to the whole thing. I'm sorry. I never, I never like to go with a, with a two-minute clip. But it really does set the stage for a lot of this. I think he said it very, very well, even with some of the, 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 the connections, the otter maybe connections to a lot of people that he, that he made. I think that it's, it's wrong to say to somebody or, or, to, or for America to say, hey, uh, uh, let, let's mock your allegation of, of assault. I don't think we should do that. And I have not done that. I believe she believes it. And I have always come from that place. But there can be no doubt that Brett Kavanaugh was treated horribly. And damn straight, Lindsey Graham is right to say, well, boo yourself. If you don't believe Brett Kavanaugh, I mean, if you don't believe that Brett Kavanaugh was treated poorly, my goodness, that's a level of partisanship you really need to get checked out. You need to get that checked out. We can at least honestly say that he was treated poorly. Now you could follow it up if you chose with, yeah, and he deserved it. I don't think so, but at least you'd be admitting that he got treated poorly. That would make perfect sense. That would be understandable. But I do think that Dr. Ford got treated respectfully during that hearing. And I think that Lindsey Graham is right. I don't like what he said last night either. Maybe you didn't hear what the president said last night. Let me share this with you right here. What he's going through, 36 years ago, this happened. I had one beer, right? I had one beer. Well, do you think it was, nope, it was one beer. Oh, good. How did you get home? I don't remember. How'd you get there? I don't remember. Where is the place? I don't remember. How many years ago was it? I don't know. I don't know. Yes, I, I think the president made it more difficult or created uh, problems where he didn't have to. Just just shut up and sing. Honestly, it, it wasn't necessary. However, I never consider that mocking. I There are people that are mocking Dr. Ford. I don't believe that to be true at all in, in this case. I just think it was unhelpful. And it's also unhelpful if we don't recognize that what, Dr., what, what, what Judge Kavanaugh has been through is insane. This is full-on character assassination. We watched it happen. We watched an attempted assassination on this judge. And not because the judge is a bad guy. Because they want to stop President Trump from putting somebody on the Supreme Court. I mean, it's, it's obvious. 
it is obvious, and it, it goes so far beyond partisanship in terms of, oh, well, no, no, they're just, uh, the Democrats are just looking for fairness. They are protecting women. The hell they're protecting women. The hell they're protecting women. They don't give a damn about women. A party that lionizes Ted Kennedy doesn't care about women. These are the facts as presented. They don't care about Dr. Ford. They used that woman when it was convenient to them. They pulled this out when it was convenient to them. They don't care about women. And they don't care about Kavanaugh. And they don't care that he got destroyed. They don't care that he got ripped apart. They don't care that his life got put under a microscope like this. They are fine with it because the objective was to keep him off the court. And so far, they've been successful. The objective of keeping him off the court is preventing President Trump from putting people on the court. Keep the seat open. Don't give him an opportunity to actually do something better for the country. Two things can happen at the same time. I believe that Dr. Ford believes something happened. Now, she's got a tremendous number of holes in her stories, guys. She has a tremendous number of holes. The latest one is about the door. You know, the, the two front doors, and the, it was it was a discussion of the two front doors and installing the second front door that led to the couples counseling in 2012 and the um, proclamation, if you will, of uh, this, this sexual assault. That door was installed in 2008. That's a real problem for her credibility. A massive problem for her credibility. Can't, you can't just simply dismiss it. You have to accept the fact that there is a problem there. She does not remember anything. And the answer that I'm always given is, oh, if you were assaulted, it would be traumatic and you wouldn't remember. You know how many people have said to me, Tony, I, I went through a traumatic experience. I was assaulted, first of all, way too many. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and then it, I remember this. I remember that. I remember exactly this. I remember where... No, Dr. Ford doesn't remember. That doesn't mean that people who have been through an assault don't remember. But it's okay to ask, do you remember anything? So first, she doesn't really remember. She doesn't remember as President Trump went through, where it was, how you got there, how you got home, a series of things. The people you claim to be there claim they were never there. You don't even remember the day you took the polygraph test. You don't remember if it was the same day as your grandmother's funeral. I'm sorry, I find, I find that disqualifying in and of itself. And now this door conversation that you made such a big deal about during the uh, confirmation, well, that happened four years earlier? There are holes in her stories. And it's okay to say. It's okay. But what these people in the media want you to believe is that it's not okay. That somehow it makes you uh, a sexist. It makes you uh, a, a condoner of rape. Just so you know, it doesn't. Those people are lying, and you should not believe in liars. I have so much more to get to. We've got more on this subject as well. I've got a whole conversation of bias that I, that I want to get to that I think is pretty important. And I don't know what you think of this new movie, Vice. I'm assuming I'm going to love it, even though it's going to be full of crap. I've got all that coming up. I'm Tony Katz.
Tony Katz. So good to be with you, Tony Katz, today. 833-GOT-TONY. That's the number. 833-468-8669. There's a study that one in three, one in three people eats fast food each day. Each day. 85 million people in the U.S. eat fast food once a day. What does that mean, like for lunch? And does it mean they eat fast food to the extent of, of like, bad fast food? Like, are they are they eating a Big Mac every day? Is that even considered bad fast food? Are they eating, like, a Big Mac every day, or are they eating, like, a, a, a grilled chicken wrap from, from Chick-fil-A? Well, then, I mean, uh, if you're counting calories, those things have got calories, too, and the carbs are through the roof. It's 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 a mess. And today, I mean, it's weird because today I was, I was like, I was crazy snackish. Like, like before the show, I was starving. I was starving. So I, I went I went down to, to, to Qdoba. Now, if, if you don't know, Ari, Ari is a, is a sucker for Qdoba. Um, oh. It, 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 like, it, like it's a sexual thrill. I would eat it every day if I could. As I said... Um, uh, but so that's that's where I went, and they do. I, I I don't not a fan of lunch there, not a fan of dinner there. But they they do a breakfast burrito, and I do it in a bowl. So there's there's no wrap because I can't. I, I I'm not one of these people who's going to tell you about my gluten sensitivity because those people are the biggest jerks in the world. The people who want to tell you about how gluten is bad for you are the same people who believe they should be able to ride a bike down the middle of the street and your car should wait. They're just the worst people in the world. But it does. Oh, uh, a bread, if I have too much bread of any kind, it just rips me apart. So I don't eat it, which is which is horror, right? I don't eat pasta. I don't eat pizza. I don't eat bagels. I don't eat bagel. I haven't had a bagel in, in, in forever. Not a real Jew, please. You want me to show you? So so I I don't I don't in any way, shape, or form uh, you know, in, engage in that way. But today I had I had I had Qdoba. Um, and so now I, I guess I'm one of these people. But I find that kind of interesting. But the follow-up to this is when you take a look at the concept of the study, you realize how problematic it is. Because the study says one in three U.S. adults eats fast food each day. Health officials say too much high-calorie fast food can lead to obesity, diabetes, heart disease, and other health problems. If you walk into any fast food establishment today, you know what they're all doing? Trying to find and provide to you lower-calorie, healthier options on everything. So uh, the question is, is this the worst thing in the world? Maybe it should be seen in a different way. We have a country that is so absolutely miraculous that for less than $4, you can get some of the most nutritious food on planet Earth. And so there's, there's another whole way to look at this study. It isn't, oh, my God, people and their health, they're just they're, they're, they're killing themselves is what they're doing. All of a sudden, I'm Jim Brewer. They're killing themselves right there. They're just eating the fast food. Oh, blah, blah. I assume, yeah, that's a little bit Jim Brewer. That's a little bit Jim Brewer. I, I don't know if he would approve. I don't know if Jim Brewer would approve. There's an interview I'd like to do. Dude, there's an interview I would like to do. Jim Brewer, a guy who would be totally honest about a Saturday Night Live days. You know, Goat Boy, Jim Brewer. And he used, to, he used to do radio. I don't know if he's still on, on Sirius. He used to be on Raw Dog, and he did a show. Jim Brewer did Joe Rogan's show before Joe Rogan. Right? That, I, I mean, I, 
I wonder. I wonder if Jim Brewer would would agree with that. I mean, it was just this crazy, honest, focused show, and he'd, he'd be you know he'd be doing his, his into like metal kind of music, and then he'd be doing these stories, and and he had Saturday Night Live guys on there, and just telling just, just crazy stories about who hated who, and 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 just and and the, what it took to get on air, and everything else, and 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 you know the stories of his comedy career. Really cool. Really really cool stuff. Uh, some, oh, that's an interview I'd love to do. Jim Brewer would be a lot of fun. But in studio and with beer. You know, or, or on stage. Like, like set up a stage somewhere where I can do it and, and, and beer. And every now and then he'll just walk away and play some guitar or whatever and then come back and keep talking. But, yeah, the study, I, I don't think is anything to – I don't think you should get yourself crazy about it. Uh, if you did not hear Ted Koppel, uh, well, then you did not hear one of the great, great pieces – of television entertainment in the past decade. Koppel is at an event, and he's speaking with Brian Stelter of CNN. They're both on this panel. And Koppel is explaining to Stelter that Donald Trump has been fantastic for his network. As a matter of fact, the network would be dead without him, and Brian Stelter just can't believe this is being said, and Koppel is amazing. Money. 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 Donald Trump has been very, very good for baseball. He has been wonderful for the industry. Your boss acknowledged as much a number of number of months ago during the campaign. Les Moonves, Donald Trump, was, huh? It was Les Moonves who acknowledged it. Les Moonves it. also <laughs> acknowledged it, but so did the head of CNN. But that means that, what? If ratings are up, that means what? That, oh, the ratings are up. It means you can't do without Donald Trump. You would be lost without Donald Trump. Well, that CNN's, is what he says. Ted, you know that's not true. CNN's ratings would be in the toilet without Donald Trump. <laughs> you know that's not true. You're, you're, you're playing for laughs. You've lived through enough presidencies to know Hold on there a will second, be more Brian. presidents. What were the ratings before Trump and what are the ratings now? I would say uh, we might be up 20, we might be up 30%, we might be up 40%. If we go back down 40%, that's okay, too. Uh, well, it may not be okay. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> no, but hold on. I, I reject the premise that these networks are making so much money off of Trump, and thus we, we benefit from right. it. I, Tell me for a moment, if you will, let's get away from CNN, then, all right? Sensitive subject. No. Let's go to MSNBC. Is there a moment of the day when they are not focusing on Donald Trump or some intimately related subject? Damn! That's just amazing. It's amazing. Now, here, if, if I'm Brian Stelter, I don't know where the disagreement even comes from. What What is it... Uh, help him to play that defensive part. Oh, no, you got it wrong. Oh, no, we're fine. Oh, oh it's not Trump. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's our fantastic reporting. It's our crack reporting. Oh, we got, we got, we got, oh, all the personalities. Oh, Chris Cuomo. Everybody wants to see Chris Cuomo. All the ladies are like, oh, Chris Cuomo is so beautiful. What in the world are you doing? Yeah, Trump drives ratings. No doubt about it. You know what the hard part is in the Trump world? Having an honest conversation about President Trump with all those people out there who all want to fawn all over him without telling the truth. CNN's the only truth teller. That would have been a conversation to what CNN offers. Brian Stelter didn't do that. 
Brian Stelter went the whole other way. His argument was going to be, no, Donald Trump does not bring us any ratings. It is our fine work with our with our specials on Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That's what brings us ratings. As you know, when you talk about the notorious RBG, as they call her, people line up in theaters all across America. They go to the cinema and they wear their finest Sunday best and they buy popcorn and perhaps a jujube and they enjoy the wonderful show that we here at CNN have put together. Why not just go the other way with it? What are you defending? Trump drives ratings. Trump hate drives ratings. Why not just say so? Yeah, yeah. No, there's no doubt that Trump drives ratings, you know. Uh, uh, people hate Trump, and they want to talk about how much they hate Trump. And, you know, I hate Trump. You hate Trump. Everybody hates Trump. Do we all hate Trump? And then the crowd just goes like this. And that's why we do it. Thank you very much. We'll take the money, please. Oh, advertisers, uh, we're charging now. Uh, we're charging a two percent higher uh, this quarter than last quarter. Oh, but don't worry, uh, if you get in now, you won't have to pay the seven percent bump that's coming the quarter after that. This is CNN. He didn't go in that direction. That's stunning. Sometimes you don't defend what is true. You're just like, yeah, that's true. Now what? Now what? Listen, you were a network before Donald Trump. You'll be a network after Donald Trump. But just admit you're getting a spike because more people are watching and paying attention. To defend against that, you're just—you're not willing to give the president anything on any subject anywhere. Trump hate is real, kids. Real dumb. Much more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. So Sarah Huckabee Sanders having a press conference, doing her job as press secretary. Can we go to it? Can we? Kavanaugh's nomination? Is this to rally the base? Is this going to help with the midterms? Like, what, what's the point in doing that? Uh, again, I, I dispute that it wasn't anything other than the president stating facts. In fact, facts that were laid out in uh, the prosecutor's memo that she put forward to the Senate. Each of the things that he called out were things that were laid out in that memo. Sayer. Thanks, Sarah. There's conflicting feelings on Capitol Hill right now over whether the FBI investigation into Judge Kavanaugh should be made public or not. Does the White House commit to transparency on this effort and let the American people see the full uh, reign of this investigation, regardless of the findings? Look, we've been uh, very open uh, and transparent through the process. The president's the one that ordered the FBI investigation to take place and has allowed the Senate to actually uh, control and dictate the terms and scope of the pro of the investigation. We're continuing to do that and allowing the FBI to actually do what it is they do best, and that's their jobs, to do this investigation. Now, here's where it gets interesting. It is not Republicans who are keeping this hidden. Now, yes, it was Mitch McConnell who said that the FBI report would not be made public to the general public. It'll be made available to each senator, and only senators will be allowed to look at it. And that's the way these reports are always handled, these background checks from the FBI to the Judiciary uh, Committee. And we'll be voting this week. So the FBI report will be finished. 
and we will be voting this week on the Kavanaugh nomination. The Democrats also want it to be kept confidential. That is imperative to know. Dianne Feinstein does not want this going to the public because they do not want you seeing that the FBI found zero. Nothing. Crickets. They don't want you to know that at all. Or they just want to leak the parts that they find important and valuable. We'll we'll, we'll find out so, soon enough. Um, but uh, this will get done. This this whole look is going to get done. This extra week, there's going to be a vote. I still assume Jeff Flake's going to be a no vote. I assume Kavanaugh and Heitkamp are going to be yes votes. I assume Collins will actually be a yes vote, even though I think some people are saying no. Murkowski's going to be a, a, a yes vote. Um. If you're asking me about Senator Joe Donnelly because of my beloved Indiana, that guy is so hosed either way he goes. I think he will still be a no vote because he can't afford to lose his base. He's lost Indiana. He can't afford to lose his base on this one. If he votes, yes, he doesn't get the moderates and he loses his base. He doesn't get anybody from the right who thinks they're going to cross over and he loses his base. He's not going to vote yes. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Uh, can we talk about something a little more important? This freaking presidential alert that's coming. It's supposed to happen today, I, I guess, like 45 minutes from now or something like, like that. It's a. Uh, it's it's not a text from the president. Uh, it's called the presidential alert. And it's like one of those amber alert things. You know, and they've got silver alerts when somebody's older, amber alert when it's a child, weather warnings. And uh, it's it's a nationwide system. It reaches 225 million smartphones in the United States, and I do not want to be a part of it. I don't want the message. I don't want the message. I want to be left alone, and I don't know who anybody in government is thinking that they should be able to send me a message, and I don't have the ability to opt out. What are you talking about? I don't. If the president wants to talk to me, he can come and do an interview. You know what I mean? That, that, that's the way it works. You come here, we give you a microphone, and we talk. Oh, it's a great time. It's a great time. And I and, and you know what? You want snacks? You want chocolate cake? I'll give you a beautiful piece of chocolate cake. You want two scoops of vanilla? I got you covered. I got you covered. Not even a problem. We'll take care of the whole thing. But I don't want this damn. I do not want this Textler thing at all. Um, I don't know what the purpose of it is. Is the purpose of it that there's some nationwide calamity and therefore they have the ability to reach you? When the nationwide calamity comes, it's going to be via an EMP. Your phone's not going to work anyway. I think it's just going to be witch hunt. Just in the middle of the night. You, Trump needs everyone to know. I No, 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 no. I don't think that, that works. I don't think that's the way it's going to work. I think it's going to be, you know, when things go south in the country and they don't even understand exactly how the attack is going to come. This attack is coming from the aliens, and they're going to disable all of our computer gear. You're not going to be able to get a text message out. Your car is not going to work. The next thing you know, the next thing you know, you're going to be on some kind of weird ship. And you know what comes after that? Anal probes. I'm just saying that's what's coming from this. That's why I don't want presidential alerts. I'm just saying.
I, I'm just saying, I know it's coming. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. However, I can tell you that I'm conflicted on the movie Vice. The new movie coming out from Adam McKay. Now, Adam McKay has made a bunch of movies. It's comedies. I think he did Talladega Nights. A couple others. Adam McKay was one of the writers of The Big Short. Now, if you've never seen The Big Short, that movie is sensational. They don't get all the story right. It's a story about the, the economic collapse, uh, 2008. They don't get all of that right or, or, or wholly accurate. Um, but the movie itself, how it's done, how that movie is sensational. Carell is remarkably good in that movie. Brad Pitt, remarkably good. Christian Bale, remarkably, oh, God, they're all so good in that movie. All of them. Every last one. Well, uh, this movie basically kind of gets the gang back together. Sam Rockwell's in that. I think Sam Rockwell's in that movie too. No, it's not Sam Rockwell. Who is that guy? Who is the? Who's the guy? Who, no, you didn't see the movie, so you don't. You don't know. Big Short. Yeah. Who's the guy who brings them the deal? Who's the guy who brings Steve Carell the deal? Right to Ryan to, Gosling. That's Ryan Gosling. Thank you. Get it together, man. Rockwell. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know all my teen beat people. Um. So this movie is Christian Bale, it's Adam, Amy Adams, it's Sam Rockwell, it's Steve Carell, and it's the story of Dick Cheney. And it's called Vice, and Bale plays Dick Cheney. I mean, the full-on makeup, and, and it's a good job. I don't think it's as uncanny as some other people uh, want it to be. Um, but it's basically, when you watch the, the, the trailer, it's that, you know, George Bush is just uh, stupid. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and he he needs uh, he needs uh, Cheney to, uh, to 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 run things. That's that that's what that's what Big Dick does. He he, he runs things. He just just puts it out there and <laughs> and gets done. I don't know. I don't know. If that's a George Bush impression. That's the best I can best I can do on short notice and low pay. But that's the that seems to be the concept that Cheney needed to have control of this and control of that and otherwise you know he's he's not interested. And George Bush was like, sure, let's go to work. And that's and that's kind of part of the premise uh, of the film. Um, I'm so impressed with Big Short that I will give it a shot. But the problem with these kinds of movies is that these kinds of movies are what set the historical narrative. And you wonder why culture is so damn important. Think of who's doing this. Comedy guys are doing this. Because they're going to write it with that just touch of comedy. It keeps you engaged. Like, oh, that's funny. Oh, my gosh, it's amazing. Oh, my gosh, look what they did there. But yet they're going to set the narrative and therefore set the story of Dick Cheney. They're going to set the story of George Bush. How many more ways is Hollywood going to find to call George Bush stupid? The answer, oh, hell of a lot of ways. That's the problem with the movie. And there isn't a thing that conservative America can do about it because none of them are smart enough to create a studio to fund uh, uh, film producers and put things out there. Not a one. We still think that somehow we should just go to street corners and wave the American flag and, uh, and, and, and honk from our truck and, uh, and, and what? And, and what? Give to candidates? No concept to the culture. None. Zero. Less than zero. 
no concept in seeding uh, uh, young content creators uh, and 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 others and 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 producers to to be able to to make more and share more and get it out there. None. No desire to try and get into culture and make things kind of grow and work in in that direction. Even though Hollywood has seen that when you create a a film which has a solid message that isn't anti-family or anti-Christian, people will go and see it. But still, no. But still, but still, no. It's it's so freaking pathetic. It is so awful to have this conversation, knowing that people who ha- can make the difference don't want to they refuse to listen they refuse to do the work but you know the hey republicans will keep getting their 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 ass kicked that's exactly what it's gonna be they'll just keep getting beat they'll keep getting destroyed because they refuse to engage culture the way it needs to be engaged that's that's all there is to it that is all there is to it and this movie will become you know it's it's like uh, i could see russia from my house that wasn't sarah palin that was Tina Fey doing Sarah Palin. But it's what you remember about Sarah Palin. That's what this movie's going to be for Dick Cheney. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz, 833-GOT-TONY-833-468-8669. I got to share this with you if you haven't heard this. Rich Lowry, editor of National Review. He went on NPR, talked about Kavanaugh, and uh, then he got a phone call. Hey, Rich. I just heard your interview on NPR, and I have two questions for you. One, if you had a daughter or a wife or a mother that was raped, would a one-week investigation really satisfy you, honestly? I want you to answer that honestly. And two, you. That's slang. I'm sure you have no question about what that means. Jackass. You're a, as in you're a. I'm sure you have no questions about what that means. So don't tell me, oh, we don't know what slang means. You're so full of You're so partisan, and you're a traitor to this country. And when Trump gets arrested and executed for treason, I want you and all your other ilk to be up there on the gallows with him, you traitor. I assume when he says ilk, that means people like myself, maybe you. Uh, wow. That's a fair amount of anger. That, that is what we call an angry man. And when I say things like, you know, the left is fomenting anger and uh, attacks and we're seeing this, and people say to me, why don't you talk about the right? Listen, those phone calls happen. When uh, Dr. Ford uh, had to, I guess she had to leave her house, uh, there were threats or whatever. I said, it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. It's criminally insane. Said so many, many times. Uh, What we're seeing, though, is uh, an advocacy of the violence on the political left from the leadership. Maxine Waters from the embrace of Antifa and all these things. This is where you're seeing it. So we should say that there's a difference. That people don't want to acknowledge the difference means nothing to me. Some people don't want to acknowledge the difference. Some people don't want to be honest. That's that's totally fine. But calls like that, that's not fine. We should know what's going on. We should say so. 
But I thought it was interesting. Uh, this whole idea of traitor and be hung, it's like the second time, third time that's come up. I keep hear people here I keep hearing people say that. A traitor about what? You don't like his policies, it's one thing. A traitor should be hung and so should you. I don't know what you I don't know what you do with that information. I do know what you do with uh Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti, when you when you hear uh him, you should you should just laugh. Just laugh out loud. Every time Michael Avenatti speaks, this should be in your head. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. That's Michael Avenatti. He's the uh, Stormy Daniels porn lawyer. He is the one who is representing this woman, Julie Swetnick who's making this claim uh, that uh, Brett Kavanaugh was running a gang rape ring. She is completely uncredible. He says that he's got another uh, person making allegations, also totally uh, ridiculous. It's basically the same allegation as Swetnick. It, it's, it's, it's absolutely nonsense. Well, he has been emailing repeatedly to uh, Chairman Chuck Grassley, that he wants his client to be able to testify. He wants an FBI investigation. He, he, he's de- demanding uh, that the FBI come and, and, and speak to her. Uh, Mike Davis, he is the chief counsel for nominations for the Senate Judiciary Committee, and he has an email that he has responded to Avenatti with, and it says, Mr. Avenatti, we have already reviewed your client's allegations. We focus on credible allegations. Please stop emailing me. Thank you, Mike Davis. That's just, that is just wonderful and fantastic and terrific. That, that is the kind of smackdown that Michael Avenatti deserves. But I do want to get into a conversation about his uh, seriousness, if you will, about running for president. And whether or not he could win. Now, I would, I, I mock Avenatti as, as uh as, as a, what's what's the word? A BS artist. That's all he is, right? I, I, there's no depth to the man a, a, at all. But he is certainly a fighter. And there is something to be said about the person who has no shame. There's no way to reach that person. I, I've run into these people my, my whole life. Uh, somehow they think that, you know, every, everything's okay. Everything they do is okay. Everything you do is evil, and if you try and have an honest conversation with them, they're not interested. They're, they're, they're not interested. They're, they're too smart. They're too special. They're too great. They're too terrific. They're too... It, it's, it's, it's awful. It's awful. And Trump has a, a massive amount of that, and it's what made him very much Teflon because everything just rolls off. He just keeps on running down. Avenatti's one of those guys. He could be one of those guys. And that makes him formidable. And he does have people who want to support him. He, however, has a serious problem if he wants to run as a Democrat. He's a white male. You honestly think the Democratic Party is going to put up a white man when there is a whole bunch of checklists that another candidate might be able to mark the boxes on? Don't, don't kid yourselves. He has no shot of getting a nomination. 
He could be formidable on a campaign trail. He could be formidable as a, as a spokesperson. But he can't get the nomination. He can't get the nomination. No, the, the, the fundamental difference between the Republican and Democratic parties is they said that Trump couldn't get the nomination because somehow we were all in love with Yeb. Or, I mean, Jeb exclamation point, whatever. I think soft J, whatever it is. Um, and so that was the Republican Party completely misreading America. I don't think we're misreading that the Democrats want what they consider to be uh, this this concept of diversity. What in the hell's diversity? <clears throat> well, I, I could be wrong, but I believe uh, diversity is an old, old wooden ship that was used during the Civil War era. So yeah, don't worry about Avenatti running for president, but maybe just keep a, an eye on the his desire to want to. TonyCats.com for the podcast tomorrow, everyone.